The story is told, though who can say if it be true, of a clan of medieval warriors awoken in modern-day Manhattan, of the animated series that told their story. It is an age of darkness, superstition and the sword rule. It is an age of fear. It is the age of gargoyles. Welcome to Voices from the Eerie, a Gargoyles podcast. This is Nightwatch, reporting from New York, Travis Marshall. Tonight, more on the news that has rocked Manhattan, if not the world. Welcome to a special edition of Voices from the Eerie, a Gargoyles podcast. I'm your co-host, Greg Bashansky, and joining me as usual is my co-host and partner in crime, Jennifer L. Anderson. Hi, everyone. We're going to be doing something a little bit different today. We're not going to be discussing an episode or doing a deep dive, but we'll get back to that soon. This um, podcast, the video version, will be available for free on Patreon at Spidey Dude Network because we're going to be showing off some artwork and we want you all to be able to see it. (laughs) We're playing fair fair and if you like it maybe subscribe and watch the video versions of our other shows and we're very pleased to introduce the artist for the upcoming gargoyles comic book gargoyles dark ages mr drew moss dun, dun, dun. <laughs> hello drew hello yeah. <laughs> yes, Mr. Greg Wiseman, the co-creator, supervising producer of the first two seasons, and the writer of the SLG and now Dynamite comic book and upcoming Girls Dark Ages comic book, Mr. Greg Wiseman. Hi. You have so many titles. <laughs> He's probably just going to keep adding to them. Oh, we hope like so. Pounds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Daenerys Stormbringer, Breaker of Chains, this and that. <laughs> So to begin, Drew? Yes. It's a pleasure to finally meet you. We've been really enjoying the artwork you've shared on social media for the past few weeks, ever since this was announced. And um, tell us a little bit about yourself your, and your background with this property. Um, well, I, I'm an illustrator. I've been doing comic books since 2003. Um I've done comics full time for the past 13 years. I don't know. The, my experience with this series is the cartoon as a as a young man. Uh, my first year of college is when it came out. And I was introduced to it by a really close friend. Uh, got us out of a day of work so we could watch an episode of Gargoyles. Um, but no, I when I was asked to do this... Uh, I reintroduced myself, luckily, because of Disney, Disney Plus, and my wife, of course, was also a fan. So uh, we got to like re-experience the whole thing. So, I, like I think I told you earlier, yeah, I every page I do, I get more comfortable, and I'm really, really enjoying like drawing these characters. Uh, um, I always it's challenging at times. With their the way their features are made up, with the brows and little nuances in their face, but I love making expressions, so uh, they can be very expressive. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, my only real experience is the show. Um, I had never read the old comics, uh, even though they had really great covers. 
Um, I remember them in the shops, but I guess that's it. I've been in comics since 1983. Wow. Got me beat. Just by a little bit. He's got to one-up us all the time. (laughs) Really old. I'm just really old. (laughs) Like fine wine, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the image behind me is actually from the SLG comics. It's from it was drawn by Greg Guler, colored by Robbie Bavard, and for years I've said it's the best official art of Demona we've ever seen. But with all this new art, and new comics coming out, it might have competition. We've been seeing some fantastic stuff lately. Yeah, it looks awesome though. Yeah, I believe that was the last page of issue ten of the SLG run. Did, did, were they were they selling prints that big? Uh, no, 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 no. I was lucky. My the colors of this Robbie Bavard was a personal friend of mine. He was working in Antarctic Press, and he had access to the original DPI files and oh, the nice. printer, and he made that up for me. Nice. And he did a lot of glare. A lot of glare. Yeah, he, that's Robbie's fault. No, it's my fault. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Drew, we're really glad to have you on board i mean we've loved everything we've seen so far we'll cycle back to some of that stuff momentarily what what was your personal background as an artist you said you've been in to comics and illustration Um, what got you started actually uh i when i was younger i did a lot of architectural and engineering drawing got into art late um even though you know as a kid i drew superheroes but like actually learning uh i think in my high school, I took every art course from beginning to independent study in one year because um, my art teacher liked me so much. And she was Miss Bryant. She was wonderful. Um, and then I went to school, did a little studying there, but I was really resistant to like teachers teaching me <laughs> as as teenagers are want to be. Um, but then later in life, I just started studying on my own, realizing that um, just looking at comics isn't enough. Like, you actually have to learn about form and, and structure and composition and light and, and all these storytelling techniques. So um, I started hitting cons and talking to people and asking really dumb questions, uh, sometimes shockingly so, to be honest, because the way I, the looks I got sometimes uh, with the questions I asked. Uh, I don't know if like I was too personal or um, maybe uh, delved too deep at a, at a comic book convention. Uh, but eventually I, I started getting the information I needed and just self-taught since then. Um, work really hard. I still study. I still read. I still practice. Um, it never stops. Uh, but that's, I don't know, got my real start from uh, Chris Ryle at IDW when he was uh, the editor-in-chief and CCO at the time. And uh, somebody entered a Kickstarter that he had left a reward for. Um, I actually got a, a phone call from a friend of mine, and he was like, how much would you pay? to have the editor-in-chief IDW look at your stuff. And at the time, I was like, man, I'm pretty broke, so nothing. Like, I I wouldn't do that. He's like, well, you paid 100 bucks. I did it for you. (laughs) 
And three months later, Chris contacted me to look at my portfolio and I was having a baby. And I told him to just skip me uh, because I'm having a baby. Um, and he emailed me immediately and was like, who are you? What do you mean skip you? And uh, he's like, I want to see your stuff right now. So I sent him my stuff and he was like, you're pretty good. Um, here's a job. And I got it done in like two and a half hours. And he was impressed. And we did a book called The Colonized Together. It was my first mini series. And kind of he kind of catapulted my, well, he started my career pretty much. Um, before then, I was just doing bits and pieces here and there. But after that, I just got mini series. I ever like with Colin Bunn, we did like three minis. Um, Chris and I, like Chris, I did the crow because of Chris. Um, my relationships that built IDW, I got to do Star Wars. So um, I've just done a lot. And Copperhead over at Image, that was really fun. That was probably one of my favorite books to do. But yeah, I guess that's a brief history. <laughs> In a nutshell. In what's, a nutshell. What's your favorite medium as an art, artist? Um, I use, I try and do everything. I do paint. Like I, I use acrylics. I don't use oils because they take too long to dry. And I, I, I just don't have time for that. Um, <laughs> watercolors, uh, gouache, uh, ink, and markers, and and everything. Uh, just like to get in there and just try it all. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and uh, you know, I try other things too. Just things to keep my mind moving. Like uh, I, I build guitars. And just because... You have to be creative with that too. Like I, I try and push my my mind to keep me active. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I use everything I do as much as I can artistically. I learned from a friend. He was going to the Academy of Art. Now he's a, a storyboard artist for DreamWorks and before for Marvel. Um, he told me at a young age, like you need to do everything if you want to get better. You can't just do one thing. The other things help your one thing. So do everything from photography, sculpture, painting, everything. Um, because it all helps the thing you're trying to do. Um, so yeah, I've applied that. So yeah, I don't know. Uh, my favorite, I guess, right now is ink. Ink and, and, and watercolor and acrylics. Those I blend those together. So that's, that's my favorite thing. Fantastic. We'll definitely link to your uh, Instagram account on in the show notes. Oh, that would be amazing. Thank you. All right. And um, this is coming out a few days before issue six comes out. And I understand that the final the order cutoffs and the final order cutoffs for issue seven and Dark Ages issue one are coming up as well. And um, Vincent Foss asked us to bring that up because you know we want to get as many orders for this thing out as possible we've got that new um we've got dark ages coming up and we've got issue seven which brings back demona coming up and um but jennifer and i got an early look at issue six which concludes the first half of the year for um for um uh, gargoyles the first half of here in manhattan and we're not going to spoil it this time spoiler free since this is coming out a little bit earlier than usual but I thought the issue was fantastic. I thought it was a real wham story. 
yeah, there's a, a lot going on and um, I, I thought it flowed really well. And um, I just uh, liked the end a lot. Um, Me too. It's like once you can't just like go, I'll just look at one page and put it down and I'll come back to it. No. Yeah. I, like once I open it, I like, I got to read the whole thing. It's got to be right now. But so it keeps, keeps you going, keeps you. It's there's a lot going on. And it's not just reading it once you read it, you look at every page, you get to the end and then holy crap, I have to go back and yeah. read some parts of this now that I uh, got a little bit of a reveal there. But maybe <laughs> like step back, like, all right, how much of this was, was shown to me that I wasn't paying attention. Yeah. And Greg, this is something I said to you in an email about this, but I really think at this point, I mean, I know we've talked in the past about how three issues added up to one quote-unquote episode. That seemed to be the case throughout most of SLG and for the first story here, but um, not so much in Bad Guys, but now it feels like, especially with the way this is flowing and how it's paced, you've broken through that. Yeah, I mean, it, it it took some effort for me, honestly. Um, but I felt like uh, uh, really starting with issue four, I sort of cracked the code. And this sounds so dumb, but it's just that, uh, you know, I started in comic books. That's where I started. But I've been doing television for so long that I just was locked into this three-act structure and so even though you know a show like young justice or the first three issues of this gargoyles book um were very much uh part of a continuing ongoing story it still very much felt like issue one was act one of the episode of the first episode issue two was act two issue three was act three but finally with issue four i feel like okay now i'm back to writing comic books again you know, um, I'm not just translating television ideas into a different medium. I'm actually writing for that medium. And and so I'm feeling really good about, um, and I don't want to make it sound like, oh, I didn't like the first three issues. I did. I was really happy with issue one, and I thought it all um, played out pretty well. But um, four is when I felt like, okay, now we're hitting the ground running. And um, and I just am very pleased with how um, four, five, and six have turned out. Um, the audience, your audience, hasn't seen six yet, but we have, and and I'm pretty damn happy about it. I've written the script to seven, and George is uh, drawing that now. Um, and I literally today finished uh, my first pass on eight. I have to. Yeah do a proofread. I have to, you know, do a little revision and proofing on it, but I finished uh, my first pass on eight and I'm just feeling really good about how this all is playing out and feel like we've got a good plan all the way through 12, which is where here in Manhattan ends. And, uh, and that's good. And then simultaneously, uh, for, and with drew, uh, um, drew still got a couple pages left to do. On, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You can tell he's working on it now as we I speak. I am working uh, on it now. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, I've written the script to two, and 
And so, you know, I, I just feel like we're really sort of rolling on both books now. And I feel uh, just, you know, so psyched about it. And I hope that comes through. Uh, I mean, I know the art on both books is fantastic. Um, and, uh, but I hope that it comes through in the writing as well, that, that we're just, uh, you know, we're really have momentum now. It feels like to me on both books and I feel pretty good about it and less bound in by that television structure, um, that I'd sort of did on the SLG title, not always, but a little more and, uh, and definitely did on the first three issues of this, uh, title, but, um, I don't feel like I'm doing that anymore. I feel good about how we transition. All right. Well, here's something that we can talk about a little piece of artwork from issue six. And the reason why I feel comfortable about that is because George showed this off on Twitter about a week ago and um, we bring it up. (laughs) This was fantastic. And wait till you see the color version, everybody. Wait till you see it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I'm not always thrilled when I get scooped, when the book gets scooped. By me. <laughs> sort of like, okay, that's a major spoiler, but all right. Um, <laughs> I mean, it is absolutely a fantastic uh, double page spread. I, I think it's, it's terrific. And, um, I love what George drew. Uh, I, I'll admit, I probably would have preferred it to have the shock value of people opening the book and turning to those pages than showing <laughs> it on Twitter or something like that. But you know, that's what I'm known for for being sort of spoiler averse. Um, so you know, well, it definitely uh, brought a lot of conversation. Like he posted that and. We all went nuts, like talking about the bits and pieces that we were seeing here. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that's the thing, you know, it's it's always that tension between publicizing a book and not spoiling it. Um, and I always lean on the to one side and and that's not necessarily the best side to lean on for the good of the book. Uh, Hopefully, you know, once you see a colored and lettered, there's still enough surprises in it that uh, you're not totally scooped. But I sure love how it looks. I'll say that much. I think it's great. Ditto. Ditto. It looks fantastic. I mean, uh, hey, our first peak at the space spawn after all these years. (laughs) (laughs) Which is, I think, what I, I pretty much screamed uh about that that is awesome and the and this little splash here of the uss i'm gonna say because i can't help myself you you don't know that that's the space spot no but (laughs) again like i said we lost it with the speculation just like like i mean uh, yeah we did so what you're saying is don't put that on the space spawns guard wiki page after the issue comes out is that what you're saying (laughs) well i mean you can't be sure. All you know That's is true. it's a flying saucer. <laughs> Tis true. That is quite true. But you do get to see the Erie Pyramid there. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, in Which takes it out of it just being part of uh, Puck's vision. So, uh, 
That's now it is. Mm-hmm. And the USS Nashville, which confirms several theories on uh, where Nashville got his name from, mm-hmm. which is really cool. I mean, I remember when he first revealed the name on Ask Greg back in 97 or 98, um, people thought it was, he was named after the city. He was not named after the city. I wonder what Nash would think about people thinking he was named after the city. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we'll find out someday. I hope so. Yeah. All right. But no, it was a fantastic issue, full of surprises, plays on words, which I really like, which, um, again, we talked about this a little bit before, but you dangling things in front of us for multiple issues and nobody's seeing it. Fans speculate on that. You'll find out when you um, read the issue. Yeah. On that note, we're halfway through here in Manhattan, and we know you're not going to spoil, but um, you can tease. What do we have to look forward to in the second half? Uh, well, uh, there's uh, an attack on Rikers Island coming. Um there is a hearing to educate whether or not Goliath has uh, constitutional rights or not. Um, there is the return of Demona in issue seven. And um, and more. <laughs> and things and stuff. And stuff. Things and stuff. It's all very exciting. Um, and I think it, it really redefines the gargoyle or by the end of the 12 issues, we'll redefine the gargoyles, the clan's role in Manhattan, you know, um, it, uh, you know, our first 12 issue arc, which was in the SLG comics was called clan building. And that was about building the clan back up, um, to, uh, twice the size it was in the TV series. And now here in Manhattan has been about defining what the clan's role is in, um, in New York. And then meanwhile, over in dark ages, uh, Drew and I are defining what the original alliance between humans and gargoyles was like in the year 971. So these are, you know, for the series, we're really trying to make for, for I should say, for the property, for the Gargoyles universe as a whole, we're really trying to make all these books count and really matter and really try to define um, big pieces of the continuity of the legacy of it. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, we're not doing throwaway stories here. You know, these are big sweeping arcs um, with a lot of cool shit happening. <laughs> I think <laughs> um, That's the goal anyway. So Drew, uh, how have you been liking uh, designing some new gargoyles? Oh, it's been awesome. Uh, it, it's the aesthetics already set. So it's kind of easy. Uh, I like, but in, I kind of took a break from comics the past few years and I've been doing a lot of uh, TV and video games and board games and 
character designs for those things. Uh, so doing designs for gargoyles, it, it just kind of transitioned really easy. Um, I was doing a lot of turnarounds for like, uh, I can't even say. See, the <laughs> thing. It, it's like working with video games and movies <laughs> and TV and stuff. You sign an NDA and it terrifies me. So like even the stuff I shared with gargoyles, I made sure uh, that it was not spoiling anything. Um, just because I, I just had that experience. Uh, I did like some toy stuff for Marvel and Hasbro like a year ago and they just came out and I've been holding that secret for over a year. So, <laughs> um, but no, I, I really enjoy that. I actually have this thing. See, this book here. This is like the script, every page. And in the back, I have tons of reference stuff. Uh, and I do this for almost everything I do. Uh, but with Gargoyles, I went the extra mile. I mean, because Greg, you don't understand. You haven't seen Greg's scripts. <laughs> but at the end... Oh, like, haven't I? You, you really have, I've seen them. Well, and you don't have any reason to miss anything, man. Yeah. You've got so much information. So it, it is a godsend, to be honest. Um, I've worked with a lot of writers. And uh, Greg is... Like is one of the best for sure. I even have some of the pages that you can't see that I've printed out because a lot of these characters look younger, so I can't use the reference essentially. Like, um, so I, I have what I've drawn, and I have to, you know, I hate to say this, but like I forget nuances, and Greg catches me. He's caught me a couple times where I've forgotten something, and uh, I make sure that I look back at the actual pages. This is a double page spread. I can't show you. Oh, but I haven't. Uh, there's Jeez. actually an edit on it now that I. <laughs> this is the old one because it's been edited because I, I I drew a character. Um, can we say that his 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 right hand man, Greg? Is is it all right to g give his name? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Lefty. Um, we changed because I I kind of drew him as a a mirror image of Demona. And Greg pointed out, like, you can't, like, you can't, they're not the same, they're related, but they're not the same person. So, well, not, he didn't say that, but in essence, that's what I was thinking. So I, I kind of changed the, we changed the design. And this is actually the version on here is the old one. Uh, because I had printed it out already <laughs> before <laughs> I made the change. Um, but no, it, it's been really neat trying to come up with designs on some of these characters to make them younger, but not like, uh, but still familiar, you know, it, it's well, tough. Clearly recognizable as who they are. Yes. Yes. And, and I know in cartoons, like they, they tend to kind of like when designs, they're, they're very similar. Like a lot of the humans kind of have the same sh structure in a sense. So like doing that to giving them a unique visual voice too. It's it's a uh, it's not challenging, but it's fun. Uh, <laughs> and like I said, I've really been enjoying this. I, I I haven't enjoyed drawing a comic book in a while, um, and this one has has been a lot of fun. Uh, um, yeah, uh, even drawing them in stone, like which I'm doing right now, actually, uh, like how different that is because you can't just draw them exactly the same and put little 
marks to make on them. Yeah. Because they, they crack out of it, right? Like, ah. so, you know, they kind of have a, a different look at that as well. Um, because you have, I, I try and make them look like statues, you know. Uh, but I don't know. It's, it, it has been fun. Uh, it's been challenging at times, but uh, like I said, I have so much. Greg is a, obviously the creator, so he's the best resource. I just look at the script and click all the links he put in there, and it, it really helps me. <laughs> I should nice. point out that uh, the other Greg, Greg Bashansky here, has been very helpful because sometimes I'll go to that reference, that Garg Wiki reference thing, yeah. and go, what we need isn't there. So then what I do is I contact Greg and I say, I need you to put something up there so that I can use it to give to Drew or to George. Um, and so Greg has been phenomenally patient with me well, and helpful you, in, in, make, in fleshing out that wiki with more uh, art um, so that uh, the reference is there when we need it. I think I saw one that was updated for I think it's Chaw. Like like I Yeah. Because I'm yeah, drawing I, him now and there was like two extra pictures that weren't there before. I view it as I'm contributing to help something that I love. So <laughs> well, I appreciate it. Trust me. Um stand I, I just wanna that. say that uh um what Drew's been doing on the book has just been so thrilling to me. There's this, we sort of open, I don't think this is much of a spoiler, but the the story opens in Manhattan in 1997. Um, that that art was already shown off. In fact, I'll uh, bring okay. it up. Okay, both pages, were they? The two? Uh, I think so. It doesn't yeah. have the text in there, though, that, that has the dates. Uh, right, I know. But the, uh, yeah. here's the cover. If, if you can, there's the cover, yeah, which is fantastic. I love, how he draws mentor mentor is what Hudson was called back in 971, but just these, this page and the very next page. Um, I just love what you did drew on this. Uh, just what a great way to start us off. Just sort of, we're going back in Hudson's memory. We're transitioning, you know, over a thousand years, uh, from uh, one version of the character to another. And I just, it, I, I just love, I mean, he's the lead. I love how Drew draws mentor. I just uh, love it. Um, we've got these great new characters and we've got, as, as we've said, these younger versions of characters you're more familiar with, but, uh, and a few obscure characters thrown in there as well. But, uh, but, you know, the heart of this book is, is, young hudson or mentor and uh i just so love the way drew's drawing him yeah i think he's I my number one guy like to draw at least the one i'm most most comfortable with um to be honest goliath right now like there's like a stigma with me it's like superman right you draw superman people immediately say oh that's a good or a bad superman there's no middle superman uh, so Goliath's <laughs> like that to me. Like either you draw him right or you don't. Um, and I have to draw a younger version of him. Uh, but still, it, it, I'm getting better at it. But Mentor was just 
Like, because I know them by the old names better than I do <laughs> the current names because in the script they're they're all referred to in their their old names. Um, and mentor is is the most frequent I draw, but also the most comfortable. Um, maybe it's his stocky proportions. I don't know. Uh, I always got to remember to do the tail though. Uh, sometimes yeah. I forget. Take a look at this big splash page. Yeah. Yeah, we lost it on this one too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is the unedited one. I, we changed that one. Yeah, there's tail. one. Yeah, Chump's tail is way too long. Yeah. But, uh, but other, but we fixed it. We other fixed than it. that. Yeah, it's fixed. Uh, other than that, uh, doesn't that look great? I mean, just look at that. It's, uh, it's just. I, yeah, everybody looks amazing. And I just am absolutely loving our young Hudson. And I love Drew's style with it, with all of this. Just, I think it lends well to the characters. Yeah. It's just really exciting to me. Um, uh, and then a bunch, you know, a bunch of, again, familiar characters, uh, but younger. And then a, a handful of new characters in there. Um, and, you know, a couple of old characters, but pretty obscure ones you can see there as well. Um, I like drawing the little ones, which you haven't seen yet, but the little ones. <laughs> yeah. The hatchlings? Uh, yes. Yeah. They're seven years old biologically. It's pretty awesome. It was yeah. tough. Love it. They're very cute. <laughs> really adorable. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll tease so you with cute. that, but uh, but uh, um, they're just really fun. Yeah. yeah, here's one that you can both answer and from different perspectives doing the research into the era, making sure the story lines up with the history, that the art lines up and the designs line up with what was going on in 971 Scotland. Uh, what was that process like? Uh, well, from my standpoint, um, I've been, you know, researching this period, this era of, of Scottish history on and off since, you know, 1994. <laughs> um, and I have loads and loads of notes. And the thing is, is that uh, the research is always updating. It's constantly in flux. You know, they learn something else and and they find something else. And, um, and I'll be honest, I'm uh, a little paranoid that, you know, I'll write something that was up to date the last time I checked. Um, so I'm constantly rechecking, but, you know, they learn so much more all the time that it wouldn't surprise me if, um, if we get some stuff wrong, but we are working really hard not to. I mean, really you, hard not to. Do you feel like you've like painted yourself into a corner in any way, shape, or form from previous stuff? Or no, I I don't. I feel uh, so. We've talked about this before, I think, on the podcast. But um, the whole notion that uh, we got the Scottish history right by accident in the 
shows pilot. Like we weren't, we didn't look anything up. Maybe Michael Reeves did. I don't know. But the whole idea of Vikings attacking was just like, yeah, Vikings, that's cool. You know, it wasn't like, oh, that's, we did the research and Vikings were attacked. But in fact, by accident, what we discovered later was, oh yeah, Vikings were attacking the West coast of Scotland in, in and about 994 AD. And so having gotten it right by accident, we then determined to try and get it right from then on in and got some amazing stories. I mean, we've talked about City of Stone on the podcast already. We've got Avalon coming up not too long from now and others. And so we, we're weaving fictional characters in and among historical figures. And we're trying not to you know, break the history, you know, in other words, there may be things that aren't reported in the history, like all the humans downplayed the gargoyles, you know, and then uh, they became sort of mythological figures down the road. And so, no, that's not part of the history, but we're saying, yeah, it was part of the history. So obviously we're weaving these fantasy elements into the tapestry, but the history we're trying to keep as accurate as possible. And it's so interesting. There's so much conflict and so much drama that I don't feel like I've ever feel like, uh, I got to deal with this now. It's like, oh, good. I get to deal with this now. You know, uh, It's just uh, a lot of fun. I mean, we don't, for example, you know, if there's a battle, there isn't like a contemporary account of how the battle went. So that gives us a lot of flexibility to make up how the battle went to add the gargoyles to the battle and that kind of thing. Um, but, you know, the, the date of the battle and the, and who was involved historically, you know, we'll make sure those human figures that historically were involved in this battle are there. And then we'll add in our characters and, and we'll play the battle out the way we think best. And, um, Again, for me, the challenge is just keeping up with the scholarship because I'm not, uh, you know, I didn't major in history in college. I'm not a very good scholar, but I'm trying really hard. Um, and uh, and I think that'll show through in the book that, that, that there's a richness to this that comes from it being part of this weirdly semi-accurate retelling of history. <laughs> Um, that I think just makes, gives the book a deeper resonance than it would have otherwise. Um, so that's been fun. Just a lot of fun. Um, and then finally, again, these stories have been living in my head for decades. So finally getting to see them, you know, Drew bringing them to life has just been a real kick for me. What's the question again? <laughs> if you let Greg answer first, you're always going to be like that. <laughs> oh, no, I, um, that means that Greg drones on endlessly. <laughs> well, we love him for nice. That's you're, yeah, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> it was about uh, doing research into the history for. Oh, um, yeah. The for me, Greg does all of that. Uh, I'll, my research is more like visually, like the. Like there costumes giant... and the, that kind of thing, or is that all? Excuse me. Like costumes, like yeah, yeah, yeah. The garb, um, whatever they're wearing. There's this giant 
battle. Um, and I wanted to visually separate the armies, but also save myself a little bit of turmoil <laughs> because if every soldier looks different, <laughs> I'm going to be drawing this issue for the next five years. Uh, so I have to like kind of simplify everything. But I, I looked into um, the armor that they were using then, um, but I wanted them to contrast each other dramatically so because like there is a page where they're just everywhere um and, and it's just because i finished that one yesterday <laughs> so he's they, the ptsd are, is fresh <laughs> oh man it took a long time man um but you know that it's but see that that's okay because i mean you the fruits of the labor speak for themselves right like even though uh, like it, it is it is a task doing it, but when it's done, you're like, wow, I did all of that. That's crazy. Um, but yes, and even on the, the double page spread I just had over there, like just trying to get close, but also not getting so close that I'm like pulling what little hair I have left out uh, with every soldier. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But no, I've actually, it's been, like I said, so challenging, but uh, I've enjoyed it. And like, it's a, there's a difference when you draw like Spider-Man, a Spider-Man book or an X-Men book. Like, groups are a lot harder. Team books are just harder to draw. Like, like with Spider-Man, it focuses in on two, three characters, you know? When you get the X-Men, I mean, it's like 15, 20 people you're drawing all the time. Uh, and gargles is like that there's just so many different people and uh luckily for me greg keeps them in there often so i actually get acquainted with them faster um a lot of writers what they'll do is try and save the artist a little by just focusing on one or two people and then all of a sudden you get this giant splash with everybody and you're like i don't even remember how to draw like most of these people but Greg like peppers them in. Um, not, I'm not saying it's overwhelming. But no mercy is basically what you're saying. <laughs> no, no, it's like it's like uh, like mentor will be there, and then like you won't see Goliath for three pages, but then he'll show up. Uh, he's not forgotten. Like uh, some people draw, like they'll write a book, and like that that character will show up maybe three times in it in like four issues. Um, while Greg keeps them fresh in my mind, it's not like he has like uh, 10 people having a conversation. It's more like, you know, mentor and, and is having a conversation with Goliath. And then, you know, Kenneth and Malcolm are talking and but they're not so separated that I forget what Malcolm looks like. And Kenneth or, or Robert, you know, like. I, they're all kind of fresh to me all the time. And I've been trying to draw this like sequentially. Usually I hop around. I might do page one. I might do page six. But with this, I've just one, two, three, four. And I've just been going through it like that. Um, and yeah, it it it, it keeps it fresh. Because usually <laughs> I don't get used to drawing these characters to like 
issue five. And then by the time I'm used to it, it's over. Like, I don't have to draw anymore. I'm like, <laughs> dang, I just got used to these people. Uh, but with this, I think I'm getting pretty used to it. It's, um, like I said, Demona, everybody, God, I can draw them all, and most of them from memory already, uh, which is kind of insane for me. Nice. And Greg, it, you mentioned in an interview before that there are going to be prose stories attached to this. Yeah, we've got uh, a, a larger page count. Um, don't want to scare Drew, though. He doesn't have to draw these extra stories. Um, <laughs> and we had... So there's these stories I wanted to tell um, for new fans and old. Um, for some of the hardcore fans, they'll be a little bit familiar with aspects of these stories, although there's they're fleshed out, so there's more. Um, uh, and they're set even further back. So this series... So the main Gargoyle series is set in 1997. This series is set in 971. That's 23 years earlier than 994, which was the original pilot uh, medieval setting. So we were pulling back 20 plus years. And then these prose stories are set even further back. And... Nate and I, Nate Cosby's our our editor, uh, Nate and I discussed how we'd love to get these stories here because A, we think they're fun stories. We really like them. B, um, we think they really do provide context for who Cullen is, who Malcolm is, who Kenneth is, who Robert is, who, uh, you know, gives us a lot more sense of these characters, where where they're coming from what motivates them, all this sort of stuff. Not stuff you absolutely have to have to appreciate the book, of course, but, you know, who doesn't love more context and more stories with these characters? But let's face it, um, these are human-centric stories. These are stories about royal intrigue among the humans in places like Edinburgh Castle and stuff like that. Um, And they do not involve our Gargoyles characters and I don't know if you've noticed, but the title of the book isn't Humans, it's Gargoyles. So um, we just felt that economically, a great way to sort of add value to Dark Ages without adding a ton of cost um, would be to do these as prose stories. Um, so in the back pages of uh, the book, after you get the big you know, story that I wrote and drew and drew drew. Yeah. Um, (laughs) uh, You've got some added value and that will include these prose stories. We're also including um, back in the nineties when we were making gargoyles, um, the idea of gargoyles, the dark ages was something that we pitched to CBS um, as a spinoff prequel series for their Saturday morning lineup, which they didn't buy, which at the time was a big bummer. Now it's like, okay, cool. They didn't buy it. So we can do it here. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, back then for that pitch, uh, the late great Dave Schwartz drew uh, a number of just gorgeous pieces of art, which I think, Drew, we sent to you as well as just yeah, to help with reference. Um, 
And Dave just drew this gorgeous stuff that was all for, you know, internal use. And so uh, I've shown it to some of the fans. I know you, Greg and Jennifer, I know you've both seen it, but most of the fans haven't seen it. And so we're going to show that art uh, across the six issues as well in in those back pages. And um, uh, just, again, think of it as added value, you know, Um, and um, I'm pretty thrilled that we're getting to do these stories and making them canon and official. Um, But I totally get that, you know, Dynamite doesn't exactly want to do a book that's just about humans and don't have any gargoyles in it. So, um, uh, so this was a great sort of compromise, I think. Uh, nice. And we've got one more piece of artwork to show off. This isn't from uh, Dark Ages, but a few days ago, George Comadeus shared this piece that he was working on. Yeah, that's, uh, I'm guessing that's from issue seven. Oh, well, the fandom went nuts seeing this also. I mean, granted, we've seen her transform in the show several times, so there's really no new story content there. But it's been uh, a very long time since we've seen her. We haven't had really seen her post-Hunter's Moon, except for that one page in SLG, and then the flashback story with time travel to 997. So it's... um. Her big return after 27 years. And I've told people early on that if anyone else had been writing this book, she would have been in issue one from the get-go, and she would have probably been overused. You made us wait, and that is perfect. <laughs> you're telling no, you're telling your, your story the way you see fit, and you're, I like that you don't just shove things in there for the fan service. Well, I try to do a lot of fan service, if we're being honest. I mean... Felice's meets returns in uh, issue six. Um, uh, there's a lot of Easter eggs from the old series throughout, but uh, Demona, of course, is something pretty special. I mean, even Xanatos, I waited till issue uh, the end of issue two to bring in. You know, um, Thalog, the end of issue one. It, you know, uh, these are some special characters in Demona in particular you want her to count you want her to matter um you don't want her showing up just so that i can say hey look demona's in the book um you want it to uh really have her appearance be significant have her appearance uh matter um and i think uh you'll see that in issue seven and we've got obviously big plans for Demona down the road, um, and uh, I'm not going to say what they are, but uh, they're huge. <laughs> I mean, there's, we've got uh, a lot of stuff going on, and the uh, and Demona as Angel in. Nine, in Dark Ages also has a, a pretty significant role that uh, increases. And I do think that the two titles, while you don't have to read them both to enjoy them both, um, you do get, there's resonances that I'm intentionally sort of putting between Dark Ages and and the, and Gargoyles 
Um, and uh, you will get more out of both by reading both. Um, and so I hope, uh, frankly, I hope our fans are pre-ordering these because what we've learned is that it's the pre-orders that really matter. I mean, obviously we want you all to buy the books and stuff, but um, going to your stores or uh, or websites or whatever and pre-ordering, um, that's what's driving print runs. And that's how uh, Dynamite knows that the book is doing well. So, you know, waiting to sort of walk in the door at some point and going, oh yeah, Gargoyles, let me grab that title. That's great. I'm not knocking it. But let's be honest, it just helps more if people pre-order. And for the book to continue, we need those pre-orders high. Um, you know, uh, I'm not worried. We're, we're on track through 12 of Gargoyles. We're on track through the all six issues of Dark Ages. I'm not worried about getting cut off. But I want to keep going, obviously. And in order for that to happen... We need to keep those sales at a level. Uh, no one expects the, you know every issue to sell as well as issue one did, um, obviously. But uh, but they need to stay up there so that Dynamite feels like okay, this it's not attrition. We're not falling away. We're we're still here. And so having Demona here, um, I mean, obviously she's a marquee character, but I also think um, you'll see in that issue um, that she has plans and they're going to be a lot of fun, dangerous fun. Excellent. And I, you mentioned, you mentioned the pre-orders. I've got some dates here that came from Vincent Faust. Gargoyles issue seven with Demona back is due out in stores June 28th. Final orders from retailers will be due June 5th. 5th. And um, for dark ages, issue one, initial orders will be due from retailers. May 25th, final orders will be due June 12th, and then it's in stores on July 5th. Right. Uh, again, um, we really want you to buy the book, and however you do that, I'm good with it. But uh, if you really want to help us out, it's the pre-orders. It's the pre-orders that really help us out. Um, and uh, so, you know, if you're motivated enough to listen or to watch this podcast, be motivated enough to pre-order and give us a hand there. Please. I've been pre-ordering. All right. And uh, let's begin to wrap things up. So um, we just have one more real question here. And um, re the Marvel run and especially the SLG run, we've there have been, there's an award every now and then of plans to reprint those. Uh, any updates on that? Yeah, I don't have an update on it. I know that I know that Dynamite wants to reprint both the Marvel series and the SLG series, um, but I don't have dates on any of that uh, yet. Um, you know, when when I do, you guys will be the first to know, and then the fans will be the second to know right after you two. So. Uh, <laughs> We're so special. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Normally I would ask if you guys wanted to plug any projects, but this entire recording has been one gigantic plug. So, um, but do you have anything you want to plug? Really? <laughs> <laughs> I have nothing else to plug except gargoyles. I'm all good. 
<laughs> I am all gargoyles as well. Same. Mm. All right. Well, uh, on. I said in for the long haul now. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Well, if there's nothing else, Jen, do you have anything else? I'm good. This has been fun, right, guys. Yeah, yeah thanks very. a lot. Thank you. And Drew, it was fantastic to finally meet you, and we hope to get you on here again, especially when we, in a couple of years, we're going through the show episode by episode, then we're going to be doing comic stories, so maybe we'll have you back on to talk more Dark Ages. That would be Or awesome. any other projects. It was, it was lots of fun, guys. Thanks for having me. All right, and listen to our listeners, thank you, and go out there and pre-order these books now. Keep pre-ordering them, and join us next time when we come back with Revelations. This has been Nightwatch. Sleep well. Thank you for listening to Voices from the Eerie, a Gargoyles podcast, powered by the Spidey Dude Radio Network, located at spidey-dude.com. If you like this show, then please listen to Spectacular Radio, based on the Spectacular Spider-Man animated series, which features some familiar voices. You can also find these great podcasts, Clone Saga Chronicles, Make Mine Mayday, Amazing Spider-Man Classics, The Sal Buscema Podcast, and Books of X. All of this and more on the Spidey Dude Radio Network. And please follow us on Twitter at From Eerie. That's From E-Y-R-I-E. And join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Network for more exclusive content. Thank you. Did survive. I always survive.